Mankato has proven themselves over the last several years to be, without question, one of the best programs in the country. Yeah, for sure. With the exception of March. With the exception of March. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Tech Hockey Guide presents... The Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA, with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to Episode 5 of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, guys. And Rob Gilreath. Hello. This week we're going to discuss Robbie Baydoon and his time at Wisconsin. The Joe Sean Hour, a mighty texter, sent out a text about recruiting, and we'll kind of touch base with the recruiting situation. We went into it a little bit last week uh, for our patrons. I don't think I left that out for the public, so we can kind of talk about that too and then look ahead to the series with Minnesota State. Anything big that I'm missing, guys? Nope. No, not that I know of. Unless we get sidetracked. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor who gets us a penny per listen, and we'll come back and talk about Robbie Baydoon. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome back. So, one of the big things that happened in the offseason is we had a couple players leave. I guess Seamus Donahue is a pretty big name, and then Robbie Baydoon is probably the other big one. And part of the reason you can look at both of them as being a big deal is because of where they went. Robbie Baydoon's getting the opportunity to be the starting goaltender at Wisconsin, and Seamus Donahue's going to be expected to play a big part for the NCHC side, St. Cloud. And then I guess we can kind of throw Gavin Gould into that mix even though he didn't transfer this offseason as a grad transfer like they did, but he's getting to play this season for the first time. You got you got one more on the list there, too. Mitch Meek. Mitch Meek's got points over at LIU already. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. We could probably throw him Our in there, too. Powerhouse in the making. <laughs> we could have a whole episode probably on talking about all those departures and what that really says about things, but I think we can... I think we've kind of beaten that to death at one time, so I don't think we need to go there. We could just do an, an extra podcast every week just about LIU hockey. They got some nice jerseys. I mean, Wisconsin's the only one that played this weekend, right? So uh, Is playing the right word? Well, for they, what they, they did participated this in games. <laughs> so anyway, Robbie Baydoon's played in... Eight games this season now. He's got he's four and three record in four hundred and fifty four minutes. He's basically played complete games 
in all but one game. He had a shutout to start the season and it gave up three goals on 29 or on 32 shots the other night or against Notre Dame to finish out that series. The more the season goes on, the more his stats look like exactly what you'd expect, I guess. You know how we kind of talked a couple weeks ago about how Robbie Badoon's success or failure at Wisconsin is kind of a litmus test of Joe Sean's ability to recruit and develop goaltenders. Now, maybe that is a little harsh, and I do think Jamie Phillips will play a big role in all of that, but it's kind of hard not to take a look at Badoon and see how he does elsewhere when it's goaltending, which is supposed to be a strength of Joe Sean since he played goalie in college himself. And you look at the numbers for Robbie, and it is a lot like what he got at Tech. You know, he's got a game, like, against Michigan, he gave up four goals on 33 shots in a loss. Then he gave up two goals on 36 shots in a loss. Then he's got two good results against Penn State. I mean, obviously, we're not looking at scoring chances, which is what how Joe ultimately judges a goalie versus just shots and saves, and I'm not going to get into that, but... Against Penn State, he gave up six goals on on 90 shots. Six goals on 90 shots and two wins. So that's that's a pretty good weekend. But then he threw out his typical Robbie Badoon stinker of a game. Where he gave up five goals on 23 shots in 30 minutes and 28 seconds against Arizona State and got pulled. Now his replacement didn't do any better in 30 minutes. I think his numbers are actually worse than Baydoon's for the season. And then Baydoon came back the following night and gave up three on 28 shots in the loss. So, I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to watch it all, or what's your perception of Robbie Baydoon so far this year? No, I, I really didn't have much interest in watching that one, but uh, I did watch him in the first game, and he looked good in that first game that they played. I think I mentioned that one of the previous podcasts, but I think you're right. I mean, he's he's a streaky goaltender. He's a guy that's going to stand on his head and give you a shutout and win you a game every once in a while, but he's going to have a few truly awful performances mixed in too. And that's kind of what he's been the whole time. Yeah, what do you think, Rob? I do think maybe a bit of a bit of the consistency might be helpful too, though, right? I mean, he is starting game in and game out, right? From from what I've seen so far. Yep, he's played in every game, started every game, and only got pulled one time. Right. I mean, so the some of the some of that consistency of being knowing you're the number one guy, you're going to start each time. You know, does that help you be more consistent yourself in your performance as a goalie? I don't know the answer to that, but. His save percentage is worse than last year so far. His goals against average is worse than last year. And his win percentage is slightly better than last year. Yeah, everything is, except for win percentage, is worse than his career at Tech as well. Now, some of that can be laid on competition because he's facing all Big Ten schools. But it's, he's basically doing exactly what you expected and... Joe Sean was not going to give him the reins with those kind of numbers. He's just not. Right. That's a difference in coaching style. Joe seems to be willing to jump between his goalies and has 
and, and bring that competition level in by jumping around between guys, whereas some other coaches will ride who they think their number one guy is and let him have the chance to, you know, prove it's theirs, I guess. Well, it's and definitely I think, something we've we've talked about quite a bit over the over the podcast. Yeah, I, but I also think part of that too is Wisconsin. I mean, the guy who came in for him was a freshman, so it's not even like there's. Uh, I, I'd have to look more into Wisconsin's roster to see what's going on there, but you know, Baydoon was definitely told he's going to be the starter, and it's his job to lose. Whereas Joe's seen him, and he can't give him that. And I don't blame him at all. I think it's I think it was the right decision, but much like when you combine it with everything else that's happened, it's hard not to look at it and wonder why Joe sees has seen so many players leave. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's that competition of of not letting anybody get comfortable in their role, right? Yeah, it, it's like you said. We've talked about it before, but it's concerning when you see, you know, a significant amount of players leave, especially players that have had a decent amount of playing time. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than that, you know, it's something that you know, we need to see stop. Joe can't continue to lose players. It, they were at the point where the players on the team are players that are recruited by Joe. They should be bought into the philosophy and they should be you know, fully committed and be the type of players that he wants to play play with and work with. We, sh- we, we shouldn't have players continue to leave the program you know, other than, a f- you know, a few here and there. But, you know, last year there were, quite a few players that left and it's you know it, it is a little concerning I do agree in in retrospect I think a lot of it is just a clash of how much different Joe is from Mel and some of these guys may have either I think a couple of these guys Baydoon and and uh Donahue specifically, I think they kind of clashed with Joe for quite a while, but waited it out till they could leave without sitting out a year. Yeah, that's probably true. And also maybe tried to give it a chance to to work itself out and and just couldn't, and and that's fine too. And I don't necessarily hold it against Joe to to a certain extent because I don't think defense is going to necessarily be a big liability this year with Donahue and I do th- and then you've got the other thing you can say about Baydoon is just that goaltender has probably been the one position that has been the strangest with this grad transfer rule because it's so easy to just up and leave as a goalie you don't really need to learn systems or anything like that you're just kind of plopped in and kind of need to learn how to direct things or what you, you know, maybe some terminology things with the defense, but in reality, you like how many times have we seen Mankato reload with a grad transfer or Wisconsin or a bunch of different schools have just filled that hole with a grad transfer. I mean, Wisconsin or Michigan tech's done it a couple times themselves now with, um, I can't even think of the name of our new goalie now, but we, we got packy that way. Um, 
and we tried to get the kid that went to Mankato the year we got Packy, and it's just, it's a different dynamic that I can't really hold against Joe, because if a kid gets offered that opportunity to start, Joe, and Joe can't stop him from leaving, there's, I don't know what you can do. It's kind of a completely separate thing from, from Gavin Gould and Seamus Donahue. I mean, it's definitely frustrating to see players that are, you know, leaving, right? I mean, with, with Gould, it's it's someone who was, you know, an, a pretty decent contributor on the offensive side, and then Donahue was one of the captains. So seeing folks like that go is, uh, it's a bit of a struggle there. It's not something you want to see, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why I said that you, it, it's something that you, you, you really can't, see it continue to happen if it continues to happen that's a big problem right if it had you know it's if there's a few of them up until this point that that left okay yep it's not great but you can you can see it but if it becomes a regular thing it's it's a problem i agree especially from forwards and defensemen and I also think it's important to separate the Gavin Goulds and the Seamus Donahue's from the the Mitch Meeks and the uh, Andrew Balance of the world. Like, there's going to be kids that have a very high expectation for themselves and either they don't pan out and they're not getting the minutes or they end up just not being part of the plan and they get a better opportunity Uh, uh Beretta is kind of the same boat there where he just wanted more opportunity than what he could get. And some of that, too, is guys buying in. But as we said, when you talk about these schools with over-recruiting, every kid thinks they're not the one that's going to be left out in the cold. So when you get a kid like Ballant and he decides that he's not getting what he wants out of it and he goes to Adrian instead, I'm not going to hold that against Joe because I don't think Ballant was expected to be much. And if he was, he wouldn't have gone to Adrian. He would have gone to another D1 school. Yeah, and I, I, I think those situations are completely different. I agree with you there. That's I'm, I'm not going to hold it against the, you know, the, the kids that are there and not getting the playing time and, and have an opportunity to go to a different program and get playing time. If, if they don't fit into the future, yep. then – they they should probably should transfer, but that's a completely different argument than Gould and Donahue, where both of those players would have been the top two or three players at their position if they stayed at Tech. And both of those players feel more like a situation where they did not fit what Joe wanted, and Joe was not willing. To let it continue, they either had to get with the program or their playing time was going to be cut, I feel like. And it, neither of them looks at themselves that way. And obviously, by where they got to go to school after transferring, it shows that other teams feel that way too. And it's just a difference of style to me. And it'll be interesting to see if Donahue works out and Gould works out in their new schools. With Gould, I think the interesting one will be like plus minus and how much of a cheat he is there, not just what he puts up, but how much he costs his team. 
but maybe the guy, the staff at Bowling Green is far more okay with that because they need the offense or whatever, and they're willing to take it, whereas Joe was not. And then Donahue will be interesting because I think he's the most experienced defenseman on the team right now, isn't he? Or one of? For St. Cloud? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know anything about St. Cloud's team. I thought when I heard when he transferred initially that most of the defensemen were like freshmen and sophomores because they'd had departures and whatnot. But I haven't looked. But anyway, kind of moving on since we're talking about Joe anyway, let's get into the Joe Sean hour from Monday. The biggest takeaway, there's two takeaways I got from it, but the, the biggest takeaway is that the series with Minnesota State is still on and should be played Sunday, Monday in Houghton. That's good news for us that we'll get games. It'll be interesting to see what time the game times actually are. Does that mean that we can do a Monday night live broadcast of the podcast during the game? (laughs) We might. It all depends on what time the game is. But we'll certainly be doing a podcast next week before we get a Joe Sean hour, since I'm guessing that'll be Tuesday or Wednesday next week, which is fine. It'll be kind of fun to do it like post-game right away or... Or do one while the game's happening. We'll have to see when it happens. I think that'd be an interesting format. We'll d- record segments in between period breaks <laughs> for a different format for a change. We'll have to see what time the games actually are. That'll be really interesting for me since I still can't seem to get flow to take my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dirk said it looked like this. <laughs> That'll be yeah. your comments. But yeah. I think that'd be an interesting way to attempt it. Just uh, do it, you know, so we don't have to beat the COVID horse next week. We can, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, do like a quick little bits in between the periods. I think that'd be kind of fun to try that out. Yeah, it could be interesting. We'll have to see what time the game is. And because yeah, of my... if it's if it's like a five o'clock Eastern game, that's that's a little bit difficult for you know work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, just take I... Monday afternoon off. I got plenty of vacation time. <laughs> I also think there's a pretty good shot that I'm gonna have my kid next Monday because I'm going out of town Tuesday. So I got to shift my schedule she, around. She can weigh in on what she watches each period. Yeah, you know, she can tell me their jerseys are pretty. They're purple. <laughs> That we'll sounds see. like a grounding about that time, right? Yeah. <laughs> go, go to your corner. <laughs> I'm I'm so, uh, I laugh how hard it is that I'm convinced that she's going to pick the Vikings just because they wear purple over the Packers. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think it's good that we're going to have games. The other takeaway I got was that Michigan Tech tried to get games this last weekend and plans fell through now while it wasn't point blank stated it was kind of accidentally dropped i think by dirk that michigan tech tried to get a series with lake state and had it all worked out and then lake state dropped out and decided to play adrian instead now this is just speculation based on what i heard you guys can tell me on twitter whether or not you agree when you listen just send a tweet to chasing MacPod with uh, whether or not you think the series was going to be against Lake State, and we'll see how many people listen to this segment. But yeah, it, it that's my take on it. Uh, personally, I think that is kind of a cop-out from Damon Witten or whoever made the decision, because it shouldn't be a, an issue of trying to meet Michigan COVID requirements or whatever, because they're also a Michigan school. They're already doing them. 
I when I originally heard him talking about other games, I kind of would have guessed it would have been Bemidji State because of the them losing games with Mankato also, but uh, apparently not from what we got out of the show. Uh, what do you guys think about that decision, if in fact that is the case? I don't know. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me for a team like Lake State to just take D3 games instead of D1 games. I I don't know. It. What is there to prove? I, I feel like the only excuse they really have is that they just played Tech. But... It gets you game situations, I mean. If they hadn't just played Tech, I feel like that's an easy call. If if they were supposed to play Tech like two weeks later and there's a series in between, I think that's a better look than... Or a harder sell to me that they chose. I still think it is the wrong decision because, like Joe said, it's it's much more important for these guys to get D1 games. It would have been good for Tech to get to play Lake State and Houghton and see if it's different or, you know, see how things go with different goaltenders, whatever. But what, yeah, know. what do you think, Rob? Yeah, go ahead, Rob. I'm going to go no, get a beer. I, I think, you know, <laughs> Tech's obviously got the opportunity to try to grab D3 games with Finlandia being just across the canal and all. But I, I do like Joe's point there. We don't want to be playing D3 games. If there's an opportunity to pick up a D1 game, they're going to pick up the D1 game and, and try to grab it. I I really like that segment of the show um, where he was talking about how they're they're gonna try to help out other league members anytime they can to get, make sure they get games and that Tech gets games during this you know screwed up season we're having right. Yeah, I really and, appreciated him taking the time to talk yeah. about like you know the the maybe the biggest redeeming thing out of his religious beliefs is the do unto others type feeling that I do get from him quite regularly, even if I don't yeah, agree with a, some of the other stuff, but the whole sense there's of, definitely a bit of an altruistic nature there of, you know, what can we do to help our league? Yeah. Which I think is the definitely the right attitude to take and kind of a continuation of, you know, everything you've heard about John McGinnis over the years too, you know, yeah. which I, I like that carrying on that legacy with caring about other schools all at the same time as we leave we leave schools behind with the league decision, but you know obviously that's not our choice uh, for a, yeah. a couple of things. But but I also do think Michigan Tech is not going to be afraid to play Huntsville and and no, and Fairbanks so, going either. forward to help them as much as they can. I wouldn't be no, surprised if we play Fairbanks non conference every year because we'll get two free games out of two of them. Or yeah, every other year, that. I like going. I like going up to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, uh, and <laughs> if they do do that, I'm definitely going to have to make a trip to Fairbanks before anything happens to them, since I haven't been there yet. Um, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good trip. Yeah, and maybe by the time we actually have another one of those trips, we can actually do that trip without being pressed. <laughs> right. But I yeah, did. Yeah. Jeez. I did really appreciate the way he talked about that, about how he's going to do the best he can to make up these lost games with Northern if Northern wants to, because it is such a short trip that they can just hop on a bus and play on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it, it's not hard to get to Marquette. <laughs> 
You know, so there's no reason why you look at how the Eastern schools do hockey games and it's completely foreign to us in the West, but Eastern schools play one game in the middle of the week like that and just go down and get a game all the time. It's not uncommon out there at all. It doesn't make sense out in the West where you typically play a two game series on the weekend because the travel time makes sense to do it that way. But you know, for playing games in Northern to make up those games, there's no reason why we can't go do those on a Tuesday, Wednesday night kind of thing. It makes a ton of sense to me. I don't want to see it going once we get back to normal. I don't want to see it that way. But, you know, for this year and things being screwed up, no. take advantage of it, get the games in, make up the games that you missed, and and get some actual D1 games on the, on the calendar when they get skipped. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, what else did we want to talk about from the Joe Sean hour? Didn't you have something else, Rob, that you said no, before we, we started with- recording? No, we touched on it with the the you know trying to keep the league oh. and and making games happen. That's that yep. Dustin. Did you have any comments on that? You were getting a beer while we were talking about how much Joe said he's going to try to play games on on weekdays to help Northern or other league teams get their games in because he wants to have them do the same for him if something happens and they have positive tests or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I missed your conversation about it, but. I like to hear that from Joe because I would hope that Patoni and Marquette would have the same kind of attitude, right? I mean, it right it it comes down to you know it's what do they say? You know, a rising tide lifts all ships, and right. helping out other t- teams in the conference and making sure that the conference as a whole is you know getting their games in and is looks good on a national stage is is going to improve it for everybody so i think it's the right way to handle it i agree and i hope that's the way the ccha as a whole handles things going forward that it's more about the group than any one team as long as they can succeed and do good It'll, it'll be better for everybody to kind of touch on that a little bit. I was trying to think. I thought there was one other thing that we kind of wanted to talk about, but I guess it was basically about not wanting to play D3 teams because we don't want to play right. beneath us. If we can, ha- It doesn't really help the team. Like He probably feels better about just playing like a legit scrimmage versus playing a D3 team at this point. And some of that, too, is... I don't... Not, not to, like say anything bad but i don't think adrian uh, i don't really think adrian and finlandia are all that comparable as d3 programs i think adrian's one of the better ones out there so you've got better competition there that you're i mean i'd still choose if i was lake state i probably would have played tech again over doing that but at the same time adrian i feel like is a lot further ahead of uh Finlandia. Adrian Adrian is practically like a D1 light kind of school. They're one of the top programs in D3. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I, I don't know, I mean if, if if from a tech perspective reaching out to D3 school of like St. Norbert wouldn't make sense there. Yeah, I would rather see I'd rather you know, see him play somebody like St. Norbert or Eau Claire Stevens or Point. Stevens Point, which are yeah. all very high end right. D3 schools than Finlandia. In all honesty, that that drive's probably not much different than Adrian to Lake State is. 
Right. Right. I agree. Some of it too might have just been that depending on how this all how late in the week this all fell through, that it might have been tough to get something scheduled. There's also the possibility that you know, Adrian obviously if they're taking these games, they've continued practicing, they've continued all of their programs. Who knows if these other D3 schools, after D3 got completely shut down, even continued any of that. A team like St. Norbert or it's quite Stevens possible because uh, I be haven't looked into it. Yep. They might not be even remotely equipped to play a game where Adrian obviously has continued to practice and you know prepared to play these types of games. And as we stated earlier, if Adrian is practicing and playing games, they're following Michigan protocol already. So that's a huge advantage yeah, no, over a Wisconsin school who basically has no requirements because the Wisconsin government can't get their head out of their butt and actually try to create rules that can be enforced by anybody, not to get political. Yeah. But well, it's neither here nor there, but at the same time, like it's obvious that Michigan's trying to do stuff and Wisconsin keeps getting told they can't, uh, the leadership anyway. So I guess that's enough of the Joe Sean Hour. Moving on to the next big topic, we have Mighty Texter, who earlier today tweeted out that Michigan ha- Tech has just two recruits playing in the USHL, Alex Nordstrom and Chase Piedel. I'm very nice of him to tag Alex Nordstrom in the tweet. Uh, and then the other 10 are all in the NAHL. And then they took the time to compare that Minnesota State has eight recruits in the USHL and two in the BCHL. So the the in our last podcast for the Patreons or patrons, we had a segment about Kyle Kukkonen. And as I stated or as I stated on Twitter, Kyle Kukkonen is not quote unquote in the NAHL. And He's quite possibly the front runner for Mr. Hockey Minnesota. Dustin, you kind of mentioned that last week when we were talking about how good he did in the Elite League this fall. He led the Elite League by head and shoulders. When does uh, high school hockey actually start up? Well, it's supposed to be this week. Is it but expected it's to be? Not, it's all. So is it expected to be a normal I don't season think, in Minnesota? No, I don't no? think I mean, it's the... going to be anything normal, but. It was supposed to start this week, but everything's on a pause until who knows when. All right. To get back to the focus of the question, we'll probably leave that a little bit for the patrons. Michigan Tech currently has 12 kids that you would consider committed. I'm not sure all of them are actually going to make it based on some of the things I've heard. And the the mighty texture pointed out that the highest level of competition for, well, not that either, because some of these guys have played in the USHL but are not this season. But basically, you've got Alex Nordstrom and Chase Piedela are in the USHL. You, Chase Piedela is the youngest committed player, and Nordstrom's, I think he's the oldest. I'd have to look at birthdays to see if he's older than Stauber and Temple. But... Uh... Stauber, Temple. So Stauber's actually the oldest recruit and Temple second and then Nordstrom. But you basically got 
two guys in the top league. But if you go back and look at our history, much like one of our guys in the Slack check pointed out, like I'd rather have guys... I don't really care where they come from as long as they're good. And if you look at the... I think it's a bigger indictment that we don't really have... Uh, like we have a bunch of forwards that are not in the USHL right now. You got Stauber, Temple, Trevor Kukkonen, and Kyle... I mean, Compernol and then Charles Edward Tardif. But at the same time, you look at that group, and the last two names I gave you are 17, or 18 and 17 years old. I think part of the reason Tardif is where he is is because of restrictions in Ontario. I'm guessing that's why he's not in the Ontario Junior Hockey League or he didn't go west because it's probably not as easy to, to go out to... British Columbia right now or Alberta as a, even as a Canadian than it is to just come down to the States and play because of restrictions that they have. And maybe it even is part of the reason he's where he's at is because Michigan tech has some kind of connection to the wilderness. Cause we have Stauber doctor and Tardif are all playing on the Minnesota wilderness in the NHL. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it this year with how weird everything is that they're just trying to get people minutes somewhere. Uh, but some of these guys, certainly we expected more of, and maybe that's kind of what mighty texter is getting at. You look at grant doctor, you look at Frank, uh, Devorny and Levi Stauber. Those are guys that kind of came in with some pretty high, ex- like committed with some pretty high expectations and they did not succeed in the ushl when given a chance and they are now down in the nahl not that that's not it can't be a good thing and and as far as i'm concerned i don't really have a problem with us having committed defensemen in the nahl because we've done good at finding defensemen in that league now usually it's more of a a brendan datama type that's a big guy with a slap shot that maybe isn't the fastest but but I also think Grant Doctor has had a big struggle transitioning from being the man at Minnetonka playing against, obviously they're good competition, but at the same time, like Minnetonka is one of the best programs in the state, has been for quite a while, continues to be, and even though they had a tough schedule, the depth that they had on that team and the fact that he was still the best that they had pretty much. I think it's somehow been a pretty big struggle for him to transition to tougher competition and not be the man anymore on a team. And he hasn't taken it as well as I'd hoped. And I think that's really hurt him and why he's where he's at. Like, I think he might be like kind of looking at things. I feel like there's a decent chance that he just might not pan out for tech because he's on his like third or fourth team since he left Minnetonka. And I don't really want to speak mean about a kid that's only 19 but he seems like he could be one of those guys that joe got to commit but at the same time he's not going to fit with joe's no nonsense style of play and expectations he he might be a player that peaked early too he could be a player that peaked early and just has not adapted to tougher competition period and and instead of looking internally to fix that he's blamed different coaches or whatever and that's why he keeps moving teams instead of settling and 
and taking on some responsibility and actually getting better. Now, who knows? Maybe that'll happen this year. It, I think it'll probably be good for him to be surrounded by two other tech recruits. I had, I'd have to look and see who the actual coach is, but I thought the wilderness had some connection to the Stauber family, didn't they? Maybe that was in the past even. I don't know anymore, but, um, but to go back to the tweet specifically calling out tech for not having as many quality recruits, maybe at the competition you want, I think you can look at, you, you look specifically at, Kyle Kukkonen, Kyle Vanderkampernall, and Charles Edward Tardif. They're three guys that are not 19 yet. And they're like, Kyle could be playing in the USHL if he wanted to, but he's not going to give up his, give up his chance to be Mr. Hockey Minnesota and play. And I don't blame him for that at all. He should stay and play for his high school team and see if they can do something in Maple Grove and win a title or whatever if they're given the opportunity to play this year. And then Kyle and Compernall is adjusting. I'd have to look him up specifically to see where he's been recently, if he even got a chance at USHL. But he's only 18. He will turn 19 basically at the end of the season. So... I've got him out a little ways, and then Charles Edward Tardif is only 17 right now. He'll turn 18 in March. He's basically a year older than Chase Pietula. I think those three players will be expected to season and end up in the USHL next year before they come to Tech. Um, And that's what I would say. Some of this could also be that I don't know. I haven't looked into the USHL all that much to see what's happened with uh, various camps. If some of these guys didn't get an opportunity because camps weren't quite as open this year because of restrictions or whatever. But Iowa is obviously one of the states that's kind of done little to nothing. So I can't imagine it being that big a deal there. I think this, this year in general in how players are moving around the different leagues and stuff like that is, is something to just put a giant asterisk on, right? None of it's been the normal procedures for things. The other thing I guess I didn't look into is I remember hearing that, like, aren't the Madison Capitals not playing this year? Because that of I'm not COVID? sure of. I don't know. Uh, so I think there's also the possibility that some of the reason that... I know it doesn't look good because, uh, like, the the like Minnesota state he the mighty texture pointed out Minnesota state didn't have uh had way better distribution of players but some of the reason tech might not have as many players is the simple fact that some of the players that they have are supposed to be on certain teams and which I think is Madison I think we've had we had quite a few players on Madison last year and according to the standings here, Madison is not playing this year. The USHL is down to 14 teams this year. And I think that can play into it too, where maybe the kids who would have been on Madison are now having to play for the Wilderness or whoever. Because I do think we had two or three guys on Madison last year. So uh, Doctor was, but didn't he get traded at some point? He did get, I think Doctor was one of them, but I don't think, I think Devorney was also one of them. I'd have to look back at if I can even find that quickly. 
but th- that could be playing into exactly why the distribution's so bad for Michigan Tech at the moment. Let's see here. Not that Madison was like any good at all last year. Oh, we had Bantle, uh, Trevor Kukinen, and Doctor and Devorney were all on Madison last year. So yeah, that that could be playing into the distribution being as weird as it is right now. Yeah, I think the only thing left to say about that is this is a weird year. I'm not going to read too much into it at this point. That's that's my final say on that. I do agree. It's it's hard to look into it too much with how weird it is. So the last thing is to kind of look ahead to the hopeful series that will happen on Sunday, Monday with uh, Minnesota State coming to town. I guess the one other thing I could kind of circle back on on the Joe Sean Hour was the one thing that Joe took the time to point out was he specifically said that he doesn't think it'll be that big a deal to not have fans at road games, but they are going to miss them at home. And I thought that was a good point. And then he did also make the other point that I kind of was hoping he'd get into where maybe as the season goes on, he's going to realize how much he misses having the tech fans on the road because he's so used to hearing stuff. He touched on that on both sides. He did. Yeah. He did touch on that a little bit. But as the year goes on, maybe it'll be it'll become more apparent that like you are missing the tech fans and on the road because you have you know our let's go tech chant that keeps going until you get a whistle and all that kind of stuff and it's just a little different for them but some of it too i think is how much they tune things out on the road as much as they can but what do you guys think for this series i mean basically tech's played a couple games i don't even know what minnesota state's actually done yet i don't think they've played played yet they played no, they played one game, didn't they? And then the second oh, game think, got canceled. Yeah, maybe they played one against or Bemidji. Maybe I'll be able to find this. Yeah, they, they've played one. They played one game against Bemidji. Yeah, yeah, five nothing against Bemidji. So, yeah, I, my hope is that we do what we tend to do and play a little bit more toward the level of the opponent we're playing. Yeah, it's going to be tough, right? I mean. That seems to be something we've done a lot the last few years is that in when we're playing teams that are lower down in the league, we tend to play a style that way. And in games where it, it's a, a better team coming in, we tend to rise up to it and and it's it's close games, right? Like there's not been a lot of blowouts these last few years. Games are generally pretty tight. Well, go look at last a year. Of exceptions. When we did get to play Minnesota State, didn't we play them really tough? Except for the Buckley Major kind of screwed up the one game, right? Yeah, if I remember I correctly. The, the, I think there was one. There's there was one, one close game, game and one game that kind year. of fell apart. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly. So I, I three three nothing two one. That's and, it. And but, but, but we only played them once last year, right? Yep, yeah, because we were going to play them in the playoffs when it got shut right, down. Right. Yeah, yep. and those ones were. And the three were, uh, and the three nothing game was the Buckley five minute major, right? Uh, ba, 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 I believe you're right. Yeah. Yep, that's the five minute for elbowing with a uh, power play goal. Yep. The other interesting thing with this one is going to be how much Mankato actually gets to practice coming into this because of COVID. And whether or not they come out a little rusty because they haven't been able to practice or, or do much of anything for the last week and a half or, or whatever. and But maybe that's why it's getting pushed back. I don't know if it's getting pushed back 
because of like a like a 14 day period or if it's getting pushed back because the because they want to get a couple practice days in before they come or what the exact reason is for shifting to Sunday Monday but hopefully the games happen hopefully we get a good series out of this do you guys think Joe goes back to um I can't. Am I? Am I never gonna come up with the guy's name now? Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah, I think he goes with Sinclair. I don't start. see a reason. I don't see a reason not to after last weekend. To be honest, I don't think the the goals last weekend were on him. He the, played. The well. only reason not to is just yeah. to potentially to get another goalie sometime. I mean, Sinclair played yeah. well, but I don't think. Joe had it. He, he it wasn't his intention to just hand it over to Sinclair. So he may look at that this weekend to just have an opportunity to get another goalie yeah. time. Not that it would be bad that Sinclair came out and got another shutout on Sunday, but at the same time, I don't think Joe wants to be put in a spot where he doesn't play Pietula again. So maybe he does give Pietula the start on Sunday, just to make sure he gets minutes. Well, I think it was there. it was it was last week's show, not this week, where he mentioned kind of what levels the goalies are at, right? Yeah, and and, and he said Sinclair and Pietel are about on the same level, whereas uh, Bailey needs a little bit of adjustment to you know to the college game coming up in as a freshman. So yeah, which that's is fine. Fair. No, yeah, no, yeah. I'm nothing against that at all. But given the way Joe's played the goalies the last few years. You know, it it tends to switch when there's a loss, right? I mean that that's been pretty consistent. Well, it depends on his formula. Goalie picking it behavior. On his formula. Sure, but I bet you if we were to do the research behind it, and I'm not going to do it now, I bet you we'd see more often than not there's a goalie switch after a loss last three years, when we've got two goalies that Joe's comfortable with. So uh, I would not be surprised, you know, if like Tim was saying, Pietro gets a start this weekend. I hope Pietola does get a start this weekend because I don't want to, I don't want to go too long without him getting some game action because I think Pietola is a strong goalie. He's he's a he is a D one caliber goalie and he should be getting time. Yeah, agreed. I agree. So predictions? What do you guys think is going to happen this weekend? Mad Kato sweep. Yeah, I'm. I don't want to be as negative as Dustin immediately, but um, I think I, I think close games, but I would not be surprised by a Mankato sweep, but I wouldn't be surprised by a split for us either. You know, A split would be a victory this weekend to me. Mankato has proven themselves over the last several years to be, without question, one of the best programs in the country. Yeah, for sure, with the exception of March. With the exception of March, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they they have St. Clouded really hard the yes, last they few have. years. <laughs> they absolutely have. Haven't they? They've now replaced St. Cloud, right? Well, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think we probably could call it Mankatoing at this point, yeah. But you don't want to play Mankato in December, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're you're right on there. I mean, they've they've been they they've proven that they will beat the crap out of anybody they want to. I mean, they the own this conference season. until somebody dethrones them. They own for this sure. conference. Yeah, without a doubt. 
without a doubt. Well, so what did you officially pick, Rob? Uh, I'll go with a split. Okay. Just to be different than Dustin. Yeah, I was gonna go with the split too because I I think well, I'm not I'm not going with our sweep. No, I I can't do that. But I I do kind of think that Tech comes out and wins the first game, and I think it's simply rust from COVID for Mankato, and Tech gets to take advantage of that this time. Um, but I, but I do think regardless of whether it's a split or not, I kind of get a sense that it should be closer than this five nothing game against Bemidji. At least that's the, I hope regardless of what the results are, that they're two good games and, and tech plays up to the competition and it's, you know, two, one, three, two, or four, two with an empty netter type days. And, and we get to watch a couple good games pending what time the games actually start this weekend or Sunday, Monday, I guess not this weekend, but, and hopefully the games actually happen, but I guess that's good enough. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's like, you know, with my watching of soccer this weekend, right? The, the team I follow was playing Bayern this weekend. You don't expect to win at all, but you want your team <laughs> to be respectable in the way they lose to them. Yeah. So, you know, I am I am completely fine with with Tech showing up, playing a tough game, but I, I don't expect I don't expect anything from the weekend from from the W column for us. And and at this point in the season, in non-conference games that don't mean that much, I think that's perfectly okay in this weird season, especially to be focused on getting better and having good good results versus winning or losing. What I don't want to see is what happened in the second game at Lake State, where we basically fell apart at the end. I don't want to see that kind of a thing happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to see that either, but at the same time, I'm not sure how much of it was really falling apart. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the white level or above get access to the monthly Zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, and more to come. I still haven't been able to confirm. Hopefully next week I'll have an answer for you guys, but it should be Brad Patterson sometime here in December. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, Tech Hockey Guide is working on authentic another authentic MTU jersey order with the addition of the new 100th season jersey. If you're interested in buying an authentic MTU jersey, check out jerseys.techhockeyguide.com. You can submit questions through our email address, chasingmac at techhockeyguide.com, or send voice message directly at anchor.fm slash chasingmacpod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know, and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach, so tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. Even though they think they lost their password and have no way to get any money if you actually buy something there. But whatever. <laughs> Sweet.